Welcome to the Real Time Roots Podcast. I'm your host, Christy L, and this is my co-host. Hi, everyone. I'm Sarah. At Joy Believe, we help you grow your own food and remedies so that you can find health and wellness for your family naturally. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about fire cider. Fire cider is a folk remedy that is easy to make in your own kitchen with ingredients that you can find at the grocery store, and it has a profound effect on immunity and health. Let's get started. What is fire cider? So, fire cider is technically known as an oxymel, which is a combination of vinegar and honey. And the vinegar is used to ferment herbs, usually very, very spicy ones. And then after the herbs are fermented, you strain out and reserve the vinegar liquid and combine it with honey. And that makes it palatable. The honey makes it palatable. Well, compared to just taking vinegar. It also helps preserve it. Honey is a great preservative. Oximal comes from the Latin words oxy for vinegar and mel for honey. And oximels are actually a very long-standing tradition in folk herbalism. So one of the great things about fire cider is that it has a long tradition. And it was made famous by an herbalist named Rosemary Gladstar. So we are all very much indebted to herbalist Rosemary Gladstar for what we know today about fire cider. But she was actually tapping into a tradition that had already been going on for a long time before her. Some things about the vinegar part of the oximal is that vinegar has its own health benefits. So when we're talking about vinegar, vinegar actually, especially apple cider vinegar, with the live mother, you definitely want to use apple cider vinegar with a live mother in it, not a pasteurized apple cider vinegar. It has its own health benefits. For one thing, the apple cider vinegar helps greatly with digestion. It helps um, keep some of the microbiome in check and helps promote a really healthy microbiome, which means it's also useful if you are having any kind of issues with, you know, you eat some bad food and you start, you know, at a restaurant and you come home and you start to feel a little bit out of sorts. Apple cider vinegar is a great remedy for that. It can also help with leg cramps because it's high in potassium. And it can help if you're starting to get a sore throat or a fever, or you're starting to feel really exhausted. Apple cider vinegar can help with that. So because apple cider vinegar already has some great health benefits, it's a natural to combine it in this particular remedy called fire cider. So next to the vinegar base, fire cider is normally constructed out of immune supporting herbs. And the reason it's nicknamed fire cider is because many of our immune supporting herbs are the ones that are spicy. Dragon's breath. So fire cider will have herbs like hot peppers, horseradish, ginger, onions, garlic, garlic, turmeric. And sometimes you can add other immune supporting herbs like hibiscus or maybe some slightly less spicy immune supporting herbs like sage, thyme and oregano. One of the nice things about fire cider is you can tweak the recipe to whatever you have on hand. So if you can't get a hold of, say, horseradish because it's the wrong season, you can drop this horseradish from the recipe and switch in a different immune-supporting herb, like maybe you can get ginger, or you can get turmeric, or maybe you have to sub it in with sage. Or lemon. I like putting lemon in my fire cider as well. That actually sounds slightly tasty. 
It is. It's delicious. Now, on your base of immune-supporting herbs, you then have the apple cider vinegar with the mother. So the herbs are not actually fermented per se in the vinegar, but they're infused into the vinegar. The vinegar is already fermented, so it pretty much stops further fermentation from happening. If you use lemon, wouldn't there be some sugars that would get fermented? Possibly, but it's not really known to be a fermentation. Like sauerkraut is a fermentation or hot sauce is a fermentation. It's not quite like that. Okay, so it's a vinegar infusion. It's a vinegar infusion. There may be some ferment fermentation happening just because you are using a live culture, but it's not necessarily the reason. And then, of course, if there is any fermentation going on and you added some honey, you'd end up with alcohol. So that's... And it wouldn't taste like mead. It would not taste like mead, no. And that would, would be very be sad. Different. Yeah, hot pepper mead. That would be an interesting combination. Well, they do do chili pepper infused vodka as an actual thing outside of using it for the chili peppers herbal benefit. So the other thing about fire cider is it is shelf stable at room temperature. So that's a great advantage if you have not much room in your fridge or you're in a, a spot that doesn't have much refrigeration. You Once you've infused it, then it's stable at room temperature. Well, that's once you've infused it and added the honey to it. Strained it, added the honey to it. And you can make it in big batches, like gallon, gallon. pails or five-gallon pails. I knew somebody who was who made fire cider for her church, and she used large pails of all the ingredients, mixed them up, strained it, and then she she passed it around in small jars. Or you can make it in small batches. When I make it, I make it in a two-liter jar. Or you could go smaller to quart size. Personally, I wouldn't go smaller than a quart because otherwise it's hard to get all your ingredients in. Right, because one onion takes up half the jar, so... If you're the smaller, so use half get, an onion. Yeah, use just half an onion and proportionally. Also, the recipe is super flexible because it is a folk remedy. So you can add what you like in it. So if your favorite thing is lemon and ginger, you can just make your fire cider with lemon and ginger. And hibiscus because that's lemony too. Hibiscus is a great thing to add, especially if you've never made fire cider before. You might not want to use really hot herbs or if you are making it and you have kids in your family that you want to use it. And also you don't need to add all the ingredients at once. I know somebody who makes it over the course of the whole fall season as she gets each ingredient from her garden, she will add it to the fire cider and then she lets it infuse for an entire year before she uncaps it and starts to use it. Quick question, could you use radishes instead of horseradish? I don't see why not. Especially if you had really spicy like wasabi radishes? I, I think that would be totally fine. They actually use uh, horseradish as a substitute for wasabi. So absolutely, you could use whatever you have on hand. It's actually interesting how much a fire cider is based off of the roots. Yeah. Yeah, most of them are roots. And I guess because roots have uh, less water content. And so it makes it more stable. Very interesting. I suppose you could actually make a vinegar infusion noximal of other herbs as well without it necessarily being fire cider. Yeah, with other roots, I was thinking. 
There's a book called Firesider. Firesider, 101 Zesty Recipes for Health-Boosting Remedies Made with Apple Cider Vinegar by Rosemary Gladstar and Friends. And in that book, there is 101 different recipes, all with a apple cider vinegar base with all different ingredients. Some of them are the same with the fire cider, but some of them are milder herbs, and they still call them fire cider. I was just thinking that all of the liver-supporting roots might make an interesting variation. Like burdock root and burdock, dandelion parsley root, root uh, gravel root, and dandelion root. And maybe throw in some ginger for flavor. That'd be a good thing to try. See if it's helpful. Apple cider vinegar is also great for the liver and for digestion. If you are ready to start on your herbal journey to get to know herbs and make your own medicine, I've got the perfect next step for you. My membership, the DIY Herb of the Month Club, will help you get to know your herbal allies by studying one herb at a time. And we make a game of it. You will go on a 30-day journey with an assignment to do every day that will only take you 10 or 15 minutes. You'll go on a monthly quest to build your confidence so that you can learn to rely on your herbal allies. You'll invest just five to 15 minutes a day of hands-on guided exercises to gain knowledge of each month's herbal ally. You'll also learn how to grow, forage, or find each month's herb. You'll study the historical context of the medicinal and or culinary uses of each herb. You'll create a personal Materia Medica for long-term reference. You'll also study the modern scientific studies and evaluate their methodology and conclusions. And you'll engage your senses both logically and intuitively to get to know each herb really, really well so that you can use it confidently. So stir up some recipes with me and start using your new herbal allies for focused hands-on learning inside the DIY Herb of the Month Club. So I hope you'll decide to join me. The link is in the show notes. So I knew someone who who was from Oregon and made a large batch of fire cider every year for her church and passed it out in small bottles. And there was another herbalist called Herbalista that that made large batches of fire cider and passed them out to homeless people in her community to help them with during cold and flu season to feel better. Those are both people who are really acting as folk herbalists then. That's right. That's right. So when would you use fire cider? Let's say you made a batch and you strained it after a month and you had this beautiful oximal that was ready to use. How would you use it? Well, you could take a teaspoon, hold your nose and bolt it. Why would you need to hold your nose? It's not that strong. I I actually think it tastes a little bit like Heinz 57 sauce. (laughs) Well, it depends on what spices you've used and how spicy you've made it. If you've made it quite spicy with, say, a lot of horseradish or a lot of hot peppers, you probably don't want to inhale the spice up into your sinuses. Otherwise, you might be clearing your sinuses very, very well. But that's the reason you want to use it is to clear your sinuses. If you need it to clear your sinuses, that's different than if you're just taking it because, say, you were at Cub Scouts or with your kid or something and a bunch of the kids were starting to come down with the winter flu. So you probably would want to take fire cider when you know you've been exposed to someone who's sick. Or if you start to get a sore throat or a stuffy nose, unless you know it's allergies. 
Well, it, it can help with allergies too. Well, it'll definitely help clear out the stuffiness. One of the things that fire cider does because of all those hot spices is it increases your circulation. So it opens your uh, capillaries and helps the blood flow start to move. And when you have better circulation, you also have better immunity. So you should just take it in the mid-afternoon office slump when you're starting to get chilly because you haven't been moving around all day. Absolutely. That's a great time to use fire cider. And you don't always have to take it by the teaspoon either. You can mix it in with salad dressings, add it to bone broth like we talked about last time, or you could use it in sauces as a little bit of a boost. And as you take it in that way, you're still getting the immune support and the vitamins and the potassium from the vinegar. So what I do with it is I take it and dehydrate it all in my dehydrator and then powder it and use it for a spice and then only add maybe a teaspoon to my broth. Another when to use it would be for heartburn. If you're having any trouble with digestion or um, upset tummy, I probably wouldn't use it during pregnancy just because that might be a little bit too much power during pregnancy. But if you have just general heartburn, um, things aren't quite working properly, fire cider would be a great thing to try to see if that gets things working. And apparently you can use it for leg cramps. Yeah, I think you could use plain cider vinegar for leg cramps too. It's Uh a potassium in the cider vinegar that helps with leg cramps. The other thing is, you know, that old adage, an apple a day keeps the doctor away. I think that Uh, a teaspoon of cider vinegar a day will also keep the doctor away. There's a lot of the same benefits in the apple cider vinegar as there is in eating an apple. So if it helps digestion, how would you recommend using it as a drink mixer? Um, Like you'd put Tabasco sauce in like a Caesar. Okay. Or a Bloody Mary. I would add it in the same way that you'd add Tabasco sauce. It would have a lot of a very similar flavor. The other great use of fire cider is if you are in the middle of winter and you're having a lot of cold hands and feet, then it increases circulation and corrects that issue. We haven't actually talked about what's in fire cider, have we? Uh, We just talked about immune supporting herbs being in fire cider, but do you want to give us an example of a fire cider recipe? So my favorite fire cider recipe is to, in in a two quart jar, put one onion, chopped up fine. Um, It's important to chop the herbs fine because then there's more surface area of the herbs to infuse into the vinegar. So one onion, two heads of garlic. So that would be um, opening the cloves, chopping the cloves or mincing the cloves. A two inch piece of turmeric, a four inch piece of ginger, and uh, a piece of horseradish about the size of your thumb. And then two hot peppers chopped finely. And then pour over that the apple cider vinegar. Some people add the honey at this point. I usually just do vinegar at this point, leave it a month, strain it out, and then add the honey because I find it hard to get the honey out of the herbs if I want to use the herbs for something else afterwards. So I generally add the honey after I've, I've strained it, but some people add the honey right away. Well, if you're planning on dehydrating the herbs and reusing them in soup or something, you don't want the honey with them. That's why. Now, some people will also add lemons at this point, or maybe take away the horseradish, put lemons in instead. Some people add hibiscus, rose hips. I do sometimes add rose hips if I have them, um, and I will this year when I'm making it. 
but you don't have to. And you can leave any of those herbs out if you don't have them or you don't like them or you have an allergy to them. Um, this is a folk remedy, so you can add what you like and leave out what you don't like. But you do want a little bit of spice in it to increase circulation. Now, a lot of our friends who take fire cider like taking it throughout the entirety of the winter season, usually once or twice a day. So you don't necessarily have to take it when you have a specific problem arise or you think you've been exposed to a cold or flu or you've gotten a sore throat. You can just take it as a preventative through the entire winter and it will provide you with its immune boosting abilities as well as its nutritive value. And you don't necessarily have to take it like medicine either. You can just use it in cooking. Um, and that's mostly what I do. Add it to sauces, add it to gravy, add it to salad dressings. So that's why the gravy's been spicy. You were wondering. That's my secret sauce, fire cider. Um, and then the important thing is if you are taking it like a medicine, to take it at the first sign of a cold or flu, to take it frequently, um, like even every two hours. And then once you no longer have any symptoms and you think you're on the mend, take it a couple more days. So take it early, take it often, and then take it after. Our favorite herbalist technique, early, often, and after. Anything else we should be sharing about fire cider? Just remember that it's really, 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 really easy to make. As long as you can hold a knife and chop up the herbs, you can make it. Yeah, you don't need any special equipment and you just need any recycled jar to hold the herbs with the vinegar. Just do make sure though, if you're making it at home, that you get apple cider vinegar that has live probiotics, has the mother still in it, and it'll say that on the label. I get my vinegar at Costco. It's um, I think it's a no-name brand at Costco. It's not anything special, and uh, it works for me. And I just pick up one that says live mother at the local grocery store. So we have been talking today about fire cider and how easy it is to make at home and how it's a great immune booster and a great winter remedy. If you would like to make your own, we really encourage you to do that. Check out the show notes. There's a link to a fire cider recipe from the Joy Believe blog and uh, make your own fire cider and get on board with this easy to make folk remedy. I think we might actually have at least three fire cider recipes on the Joy Believe Farm blog. And we really encourage you, both Sarah and I encourage you to um, give this a try. It's one of the easiest herbal remedies to make at home and easy to use. And uh, if you don't want to take it by the spoonful, certainly you can add it to your cooking and still get the health benefits from it. So thank you, Sarah, for helping me with this episode. And thank you, listeners, for listening. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends. And as always, subscribe and uh, hit the follow button for this podcast. And we hope you join us next week. Talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.